listeners, you are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. I am your host, Zach Gandra. And with me, as always, is the in- inimitable and immutable Steve Gandra. How are you, Steve? Well, I used to be the inimitable, and you wore that out. Yeah, then, you didn't like that one. You then, didn't like Then to... I became immutable, and I just figured out today that immutable meant you couldn't shut me up. Yeah, it's And, I, you know, that handle fits you better <laughs> than, than it fits me. But inimitable and immutable, let's go with that for a few shows and see if we so wear anybody. Inimitable if, and immutable. See if we wear anybody out. In case uh, you're listening for the very first time, this is a weekly radio show we do here locally in Seattle on Clay 1180 AM and uh, regular podcasts that we do at excellentcultures.com. You can also find it on iTunes and uh, actually in the next week it'll be for you Android heads. It'll be on Stitcher and SoundCloud so you'll be able to get it on there as well. Uh, Steve, I'm feeling like we should give away something free. What, What would we give away if we were to give away something free? You know, how about we give away a scholarship to an Achieving Excellent Cultures workshop in January? That's a good idea. We never thought about that. So if you're interested in a free tuition towards our, what is this worth, $1,000? Yeah, like $795 for these. $795 or typical. Yeah, $795 is about an $800 freebie for you. If you are interested in entering, then you just go to Ask the Experts at excellentcultures.com right now. Send us an email in the subject line. Just put freebie. Freebie, give us your name. We'll holler back at you, and you will have tuition paid for our next Achieving an Excellent Culture workshop. Do you want to give a quick little, uh, what's the spiel of what well, is, the, the, what's at the workshop? Well, basically, this is 37 years. Everything that we've learned in 37 years about maximizing performance in people, improving effectiveness as a leader, and building a culture that radiates high performance and win-win instead of win-lose. Right. You know, packed into two days of very experiential learning with a robust uh, workbook that our um, participants are telling us is not, uh, and it's not in a three-ring binder on purpose because all those things do is gather dust, uh, really becomes uh, a manual for leading and for living uh, as a takeaway. So great experience. so far, all of the participants who, and this is a new offering. I mean, we just we recently, just started it. Yeah, we just started it in the last few months. But so far, um, our ratings on a five point five point scale are four point nine two from all of the participants we've had, yeah. both in private companies and of all sizes, and in um, our open workshops for anybody from any company who wants to attend. I, I forget what your response to me was when I asked, "Why don't we do a scale of one to ten? Well. The, Why five? Because ten is too complex and five is easy. <laughs> <laughs> My brain works we, the opposite. We, no, I'm like, oh, okay. Stuff. If we get a nine yeah, out of ten, that's an well, A. We, could, if we get an eight out of ten, it's a B. But I guess you could do that with five. Yeah, as we well. can try. Five just, it's just like culture. It's just the way we've always done it. And, and if uh, yeah. somebody doesn't give us a good reason to change, we get stuck in our rut and don't do anything different. Probably. Hopefully, pro- it's working. It's probably a better way to do it. But there you go. So send us an email in the subject line freebie. Uh, at ask the experts at excellent cultures excellent cultures excellentcultures.com speaking of high performance we've got a pretty high performance guest on the show today you yeah well um, uh, Bob Mays is our guest today and he's probably the smartest make it happen sales and marketing guy I've ever met you know robust robust career spent lots of years maximizing performance and just some phenomenal uh, you know t- turnarounds and um, sales performance improvements, building high-performance cultures that uh, really set the bar in the world. We'll get him to talk yeah. about some of those that he's done. 
Uh, he also, uh, you know, Harvard, Harvard MBA uh, is also an adjunct executive uh, professor at Oregon State University. Uh, started the executive in residence. Yeah, started the business accelerator there. Has just phenomenal results, helping uh, students at Oregon State. You know, start small businesses. Huge record on the number of his students that come out of um, their uh, really their bachelor's degree with the with the job and rocking. So we're going to be talking yeah. about that. But you know, phenomenal guy. Really knows what he's talking about especially when it's about improving performance and taking it to the bottom line. And I want to introduce him as the only one that has filled out their business culture, biz culture radio guest form. And under the spot that says, add any additional information you would like to share here. He says, Steve Gandra is a GQ pretty boy who rocks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's obvious that we've known each other. It's obvious we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And it says he could hurt himself eating an ice cream. (laughs) That's your. Do you want to? No, Bob. Put Bob that. put that. You know, I need to keep you and Bob I've separated. You, I don't. I don't I've ever seen want you eat an ice cream. Uh, soft serve is not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to get you and Bob on the same team and be opposing. That's, that's for sure. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We're glad you're here, even though you're a beaver. It's all right. You guys, uh, are you guys math majors from University of Washington? No. Was a very complex conversation you had on your. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot. Great to be here. Yeah, we're glad you could be be here. And it took me a while to catch up for you. Moving target. Um, yeah, you know, that's right. So t- tell our, li- our our listeners are real interested in in you know the work that you're doing, the work that you've done. You know your passion to mentor young people and to pay it back, and especially the phenomenal results you've been able to achieve in your career, both at the university, but uh, especially, you know, rarely do we get a guest on the show. We have a lot of, of business leaders who, you know, don't think much of academics, and academics who uh, are really smart and know what they're talking about, but, ra- but rarely do we get a guy who has the business experience and savvy that you do, and, um, you know, is, is um, an academic as well, and can point out the strengths and weaknesses in both sides of that equation. So tell our listeners, Bob, about you, what you do, the work you do, your passions. They want to hear. Okay. Well, they're the only ones other than my mother. Um, <laughs> your mom really wants to you know. know I, I'm just an average kid that stopped listening to know. Um, my dad was a firefighter. He had a heart attack when I was 12. I didn't think I'd go to college, and my athletic ability allowed me to go to the Beavers. Now I think I'll go to the Huskers. Um, I went to Oregon State. I was so excited to be able to do that. I played two sports, and I had a 2.7 my freshman year and graduated with 3.6 because I found classes that I liked and I worked. Um, then I had the worst job in the world, so for some reason I applied to Harvard, and I think I was probably their special needs student from the West Coast. Really, <laughs> the special I, uh, needs to. I think I've, that's the first time I've heard that you know, one. Well, they, they, they have 8,200 applicants, 700 make it, and they're going to flank out 140 of us April Fool's Day, and I can't see anyone that looks dumb. Wow. I mean, they had me Oregon State, Corvallis, duck. Um, and so my background in sports really helped me survive. I had the best study group. Uh, one of my roommates was Steve Schwarzman, who founded the Blackstone Group, and it runs about a $280 billion account in New York City. So I became an entrepreneur because I had poor choice coming out of Oregon State and then Harvard. 
And I went with a company that was about a month from going bankrupt. And I met my mentor and eventually hired Howard Bihar, who stayed with me for six years, and we worked together. And then he went to Starbucks at 28 stores and left with 16000 He was just down at Oregon State to help me out. Just one of the great people I've ever met in my life. Wow. And so, um, so what I wanted to always find was a niche where um, Jim Norsman was on the board of my first two companies for 10 years, and he always says, never be a commodity. Find a niche that you can brand yourself, niche yourself, and be one of a kind. And we found that in real estate, um, where we went into only thoughtfully crafted master plan communities. I, we ended up doing $10 billion of sales of home sites and homes within gates of authentic lifestyle. I hired maybe six realtors, and the rest we hired that were just good people. We, I learned a concept called conceptual selling, where everything must end up a win-win, or it must go to lose. And uh, so in our $10 billion of sales, we did not have one challenge of misrepresentation because we weren't that kind of a company. I was very proud of that. Um, all along, I've worked with 54 companies. Uh, when they get maybe stuck in the 5 to $10 million range, I take teams in that are seamless with them. We, we fill their gaps, and our assignment is to get them to $50 million a year or more. And we've been very fortunate in doing that. Um, my influencers are the Nordstrom family. Um, you know, we're trained to say no. You think about our childhood. Everything is don't touch. It's going to hurt. It's going to break. And Nordstrom's the only company in my backyard that was trained to say yes. And so I've always said yes until it's time to say no. And I think people and companies get that wrong. I have um, been a student of the Pacific Institute. We were the second or third company to ever use it in the 70s. And it was a bankrupt, second bankrupt company that we did on purpose. And we would send our our managers, when they got promoted to a seminar, and all employees went through your video programs there. And so we have practiced that all the way through. The last company I merged with was DMB. B has been at Dorrance, the heir of Campbell Soup, and, and Mark Scholar. Together they're worth about $4 billion. They're developers. They've done about $11 million a year in sales for 10 years. And I sent my team down and said, okay, let's visualize what we are today and, and how we got here. We came out saying we're gonna, we do right now a billion dollars a year, and our employees rate us higher than Nordstrom. In five years, we did $920 million a year, and we beat the Nordstrom survey by 1-100. So it's magic, but it's also a vision. And when you lock that in, the, the challenges and all the problems become opportunities to get through and to get to the other side. So uh, things that I've learned, make friends on your way in this journey called life, not business associates or contacts. But when you find true people like Steve, um, you make them a friend for life. And you do that by honoring your word, going to them when they need help, and not just when we need help. I um, said I would come back to my I, – I did get an MBA at Harvard, but they get plenty of money without me. And I've re- never really answered that I went there. I went to Oregon State. <laughs> and I've come back to um, pay it forward. I've been a consultant for Coach Riley for five years. I was a member of the Giant Keller team where we beat everybody but Washington. That's another whole That's an unfortunate, that's an unfortunate yeah. thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I was on the track team with Fosbury and Prefontaine was at Oregon. and I mean, those were the highlights of some real sports uh, opportunities. And yeah. so I've come back for the students. Academia is a different world, but I've 
maneuvered in within it to understand their culture. I'm going on my third year of a one-year plan, and uh, I just love these students. They're smaller communities, willing to learn, want to be stimulated. Awesome. And I've discovered that you, you know, I, this is my belief at least, you cannot get a business degree and be ready for business if you do not leave that classroom, if you don't get out of the books. But I went from all answers to Harvard has no answers because the cases have just been written and there's not an answer yet. So I've created a class that's uh, experiential learning where I bring in executives, uh, entrepreneurs that have faced a critical uh, situation, tell me what they knew at the time, don't tell me what they did or what happened, and our students every week become that person while that person's standing in front of them. And it's different when a student stands up and they're this officer now. They're very bad the first week and excellent the, the uh, tenth week. And so I think we're, I worked with 61 of these students and 59 were hired before graduation. So that's my gig. I'm about you know, on my last uh, stretch of that. And I'm on the world to, to mentor, um, to pay it forward, but to find that, that person that's rare with an energy. Steve, I w- I've thought about it. I don't know if um, you could hurt yourself eating ice cream, but I think you would. <laughs> but, but with you taking a drink of water, it's like the rest of us drinking out of a fire hydrant. Okay, so that's Steve Gandra. Yeah. Um, so um, I've been blessed with so many friends. People have created a bridge when I've needed it. And as Steve Schwarzman says, he's worth $10.3 billion. He's been on his carpet twice going bankrupt. And you just got to get back up yeah. and keep going. Yeah. So when people tell us that they haven't failed in business and their children are perfect, we call them liar, liar. <laughs> liar, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so, so that's it in a nutshell. I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed. We yeah. can tell this is going to be an awesome show. And, Steve, you're itching for a question. But we're already 14 minutes in, and we got to take a break. Okay. All right. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Bob. To he- you and- use one minute of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to pay the bills, buddy. Yeah, uh, okay. All right. So right now, if All you right. got a question for Bob or you got a question for us, email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com. And no, that's not an arrogant statement. We're not claiming to be experts. But I guess we are. We so just, there we are. We just know some. There you go. We, we know do. a lot. That is the truth. Yeah, that's we the key. Some. Look at our associates. We do know some. Uh, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To-do list done. Supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome, because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. 
They give you fast, accurate, bottom-line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. And you're back. We're listening. You are you are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. Steve. You were itching to ask Bob some serious questions in that first section of the show. Bob has been through a lot, gone through a lot, helped a lot of people, done a lot. What was that question you were itching well, for, to ask? Well, uh, first of all, if listeners, if you did not hear the first segment of this show, make sure you get back and catch the podcast at uh, excellentcultures.com slash podcast because Bob gave us there just in a few short minutes you know, his whole background from a standpoint of where he started – where he came from, his experience in the business world, his, his experience in uh, academia, and uh, nothing spoke louder than than results, 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 high performance, best in the world. Um, make sure you listen to that. So my my first question, Bob, is, you know, with all of your, you know, experience on both the academic learning side, but especially in the real world business side, uh, how would you define what's your vision of a of a true culture? of ethics, values, and employee engagement, the win-win culture, as I think the way you yeah. described it. Yes, that's the, that's the $20 million question. What I believe is that if you are not sure of yourself enough to not create an empowering environment, whether it's in work or academia, you will get maybe 30% of, the, of your potential opportunity. Yeah, I'm stunned at how many what I call the old age model of, hey, I own this, or hey, I'm your manager, so I rule, and you drool. And that's what the girls would say against our boys' soccer teams. But um, what, where I come from is we, we hire people. We hire every single person goes through a minimum of four interviews. They don't have any more new outfits, and we have only the truth to say. And we do that because when we hire someone, I've, I've read into our company that Assume this, it doesn't matter who and how old they are, but assume they're married or pretend it. Pretend they have children and they live in a neighborhood that's close-knit. We hire them. They tell all those people, in-laws, parents, everybody, and neighbors, and they're back there four months later. We could kill that family. So we work our butts off to find out if this person is a great match. Once they are, I, we train the heck out of them so they have all the skill sets. And once that happens, I want them to make mistakes. And what I call that at, at, at that level is it's a mistake, mis-take. Miss I probably caused it, so bring me what happened and your solution, and then let's move on. Because um, there, I remember when uh, one of the Nordstrom families was walking through a Nordstrom, there was a Coke can, two Coke cans in the wrong place. He could have stopped and chewed out somebody. He just picked them up and put them in the wastebasket. He said, 
and people remember that 20, 30 years later. So our team moves fast. Um, they're of all ages, all backgrounds. Um, I hired a guy from Quest that was rated the worst company in Arizona, and I said, what do you do there? He said, not much. <laughs> but he said, but I will be your culture meter, and I hired him, and, and sure enough, he was. And you got to have a feeling of sometimes there's an exceptional, out-of-the-box person that's going to do you good. So nothing's more important than that. Um, and I think the word is don't put anyone in a box of where they belong. Let them find it. Easy said, not easily done. I, when we hire people, we say you start here. We're going to grow. Find your spot before we get there, and you've got it. That's what we do. Yeah, great perspective. So, so beautiful sweet spot. Where have you seen, you know, this win-win culture, as you so well described it, uh, with all of the 50-some-odd companies that you've worked for, for and mentored and given advice to and all the leaders that you've worked for and all of the entrepreneurs that you've empowered coming, you know, right out of the university? Where have you seen these great cultures start to deteriorate? What are, what are the danger signs that leaders yeah, should be looking at? you know, for? that's a great question, Steve. Uh, people will say that the businesses at the greatest risk are in the first two to three years. I say that's pretty true, but I believe when companies are at the greatest risk is when they've, quote, become successful. And why I believe that is you work your tail off and everybody has that goal. It's sort of like visualizing that we want to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to bet on that team because they should be saying we want to win the Super Bowl. And so when you get to that successful position, look at Hewitt Packard, look at a lot of the companies, you stop doing what got you there, not intentionally, but you don't train as hard. You don't watch the all the risks that are around. And you get a little complacent and a bit egotistical. My dad, simple man, but he told me something. He said, you're either learning or you're learned. And when you're learned, it's time to graduate to God. And I think you get a bit learned, and I've seen that. I, I mean, we had an account that was with Disney. And we did $35 million of home sites in a master plan community in Tucson. And, um, and we were rocking. It was a big week. And 14, 15 days later, a man comes in, says, come to my office. He rips up my contract and says, you're out. I said, you're at Disney? He said, no, I changed the paperwork at closing. I'll tell them next. So you never know when you have to know. And I wasn't watching that carefully enough. And, um, and so... Um, to see the great working cultures, I think we were one when Howard Bihar and Nordstrom were our influencers, but the companies I found were not, or else they wouldn't have needed me. And so we bring in a, a separate kind of energy, and um, I think the company that we built, the Madison companies, we, we um, were in business, I hired 3,700 people, and I think I could hire 500 in a week of the ones that I would choose to, and because they're my friends. I know them. And that's what my coach at Oregon State taught me. He, he loved us, but he would get in our face if we let ourselves down. And I don't think that it was that passion in the belly that made us uh, overachieve. We, sh we had no right being um, the success that we had other than that. I think the Pacific Institute has delivered that in many companies. So, so I'm, I'm listening to you talk about uh, your experience and your guidance toward leaders that define these trouble signs, which we look out for. And the first one 
that I heard you talk about is, you know, is, is be careful for success because with success comes complacency and, yeah. you know, getting your eye off the ball. And if you're not careful and do something intentional about correcting it, you will do it. And then the second one that I heard uh, that I thought you, you know, lay, laid out, you know, so well and, and so effectively is uh, not just keep your eye on the ball, but, uh, you know, r- really pay attention to what's going on because you never know when change might hit you. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and you could be the beneficiary of that change or you could be the victim of it. And, mm-hmm. and the, big determinant or the big determinant of whether you're the victim or the beneficiary depends upon you, your perspective, your mindset, and how, do you, how you deal with it and whether you're ready for it or not. Uh, now, is, let me pause you just there. The one thing that I have seen and what Harvard did teach and stress is more than 80% of the time what brings you down is something outside of your industry. It's how Arizona gets hit and the values go down 50, 70%. It's the railroad industry. They didn't realize they were not going to move people like they had. When the international uh, interstate came in, you know, they lost a huge part. And so... Uh, we hit, got hit with a bear raid at our first turnaround. We'd taken the stock from 1 to 32, and people made money on devaluing our stock. And, you know, I lost $4 million as a 28-year-old. So shit happened. But it's, it wasn't anything to do with our business practices, although it can be. Hewlett-Packard, they, they retire. New people come in and have to change it. Why do you always change things that you buy or come in and take over? I think the, that's a that's a big red flag of watch out. Um, so... Anyway, just interested that. Yeah, well said. Well said. So um, we've got this new Gallup poll that actually is almost a year old now, last October, that told us exactly the same thing that the last one did, that 70% of our workers in this country tell the confidential poll that they are effectively disengaged at work. Uh, this year we, we hear that 18% not only say that they're disengaged, but they are as verbal about it to the confidential poll, not to their boss, but they say they hate their jobs, and and the most common reason for their hating their job is they hate their boss. Now, what I heard yeah. you say, you know, just a second ago when you were responding to the trouble signs, was that there was this third overriding, you know, principle or component that you, you know, kind of put as part of the recipe for your your win-win culture, the ideal high-performance culture, and it's that relationships are everything, and yep. that and that you, you know you're always looking to make friends and build long-term relationships, and that that was something that you learned from your coach at Oregon State, yep. uh, and that it's not just the, the the conversation that allows leaders to you know correct mistakes and challenge people to be all that there can be. It's the quality exactly. of the relationship that exists that makes that possible. T- tell us some more about that, and then I want to get well, your input I, I, on the on the engagement survey. There's hard. You're, it's difficult to be fired by me, but if you gossip, you will be immediately. And if you ever terminate a person who is surprised, I will terminate you first, because that's not a leader. That's a person that's waiting and, and doing the little coupons and can't wait for the review. That's not how you form what you're talking about. I've seen a, a um, survey that says over, uh, over 82% of people, they leave because of just what you said, their managers, not the company. So you can go with Nike, and if you have a jerk there, you're leaving. And we've had students do that. And so you've got to have I, – I ran a flatline company uh, when I formed my home because I wanted to know what I needed to know. And I've always felt layers are not better. They get you further removed from the truths that are happening on, on the ground level. 
So I, I knew the managers. I mean, we had a launch that was going to be held on September 22nd. We had $35 million of, of reservations in for a nice property in, in Rancho Santa Fe, California. And 9-11 hit. What do you do? And my class said, well, of course you delay it. And I said, you're right. But we didn't. But I had the input from my own people. I went out there. I met with the, some of the people in reservation. We decided to have a party instead. We brought in fireworks, hot air balloons, everything, and and did the tribute to the country at night. And one of the students said, yeah, but you didn't sell $35 million. I said, I know. We sold $40 million. We hid the table around the corner, and these people did not want to be victims anymore. A lot of our members' prospects had claims. And so we did it the right way for the right reasons. I used to think if you do nice things, you are something special. I really now know if you do it for the right reason, not your own ego or making something bigger than you. So that's how we do it. It's pretty basic, street level. I want them, here's what I say, I want your lawyer to be so great to me, you tell me what you really believe and not what I want to hear, because I'm probably wrong. We have to go to a break, uh, but Steve, when we get back, you're going to engage the engagement question. Exactly. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms, they go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. We're back on Business Culture Matters at Clay1180 and ExcellentCultures.com. We're interviewing 
Uh, Bob Mays, which if you haven't heard the first two segments of the show, make sure you go Hot back and stuff. get the podcast good. because these are secrets to building really successful good. teams and organizations at all levels that, as Bob says, you know, n- nothing brilliant, even though he's in Harvard, a Harvard MBA, yeah. but you, you can learn it on the street, but he learned it on the street at Harvard in organizations, you, you know, and with real people. It's hard to believe that anything this good can come out of an Oregon State beaver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not. I know. I'm no, just it's not. No, it's not. So, hey, you can always tell. You can always tell a University of Washington graduate. Can't tell them very much. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's I like true. it. I like yeah, it. You can tell them. You just can't tell them very much. Touche, my friend. My, yeah. my wife. My wife played volleyball and graduated from University of Washington. I said, "Are you still upset with Oregon State?" She says, "Huh?" I said, "You know, it's a little boutique college in the north, and you can't let everyone in." So, you know. He had to go to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So before the break, we were talking about this new engagement poll, and you went off on the uh, perspective of you, you don't f- – employees don't quit the company. They quit their boss. Yep. And uh, you gave us a great example of, you know, how you guys responded, you know, at the last minute to 911 and, you know, far exceeded your goal because you focused on – doing it for the right reason that may or may not have been the right thing. But if you can get the right yeah. reason and the right, you know, the right thing together with the right reason at the right time together, wonderful things happen. So what, what advice would you have for business leaders today uh, about this, this dismal, you know, 70% disengaged workers? I mean, what, what do we do about it? It's, it's old phrases that you just put in. You have to have the guts to do it. And that is, Every night you go home, look in the mirror for a couple minutes and see what you see. It's what our coach called the man in the glass. You can get all the the articles written about you. You can do this and that. But who are you? Howard Bihar, who was president of Starbucks for 21 years, said, if you want to be a leader, start with yourself. You've got a board of directors on both shoulders. Some are saying, hey, you're the best. Others are saying, not really. And so when you sort all that out, who are you? How do you lead yourself into a balanced life and a life that you're proud of for your spiritual, your, your mental, your physical health, your, um, your, your career, your family, your vacations, your rejuvenation? Then you can lead. And then you'll be confident enough that you, that you truly become a servant leader because you better be. Because you have people in action that are representing you and every decision they make or don't make, whether they're empowered or in fear, uh, will affect your, your future. And so a fear-based company, I've, I've looked at 200 companies that do the 54. You can spot it within five minutes. Mostly it's I do this, not we. Uh, mostly there's the king or queen of the mountain above you, and when they're not around, you're, you're everything. And when they arrive, you're a slave, and people see that in action. Fear-based companies are constrictive, and you're not going anywhere. Um, so you and empowered is we, and you feel the energy. They walk different. They talk differently. It's very, very obvious, and uh, you can do that in in in, um, in hiring also. So, what you want to do is surround yourself with the best people that are not all like you. In fact, that's really trouble, and train them and trust them, and award them. You, you know, the the stick comes from pride. I've never looked to see how many hours somebody's worked, what time they arrive, what time they leave. I normally am kicking our people out. And 
you either want to join that or you want to go to a bank and be told what to do for eight hours a day. And there's a huge difference between a successful entrepreneurial spirit. You can have entrepreneurial spirit in any size company, but it's got to start at the top and it's got to be real. That's what I'd say. Yeah, entrepreneurial spirit. What a great, great concept. And the fact that you can have it in any size company, uh, you know, what a component, what what a recipe. So I'm going to ask you a question here that is kind of, uh, you know, wasn't on the the preparation list, but I know you know the answer to it. And um, because I know you and I I know what you've done and, and I'm hearing you know, even more about it now on the show. That's what my that's what my wife said before I went to take the Oregon State um, driver's license test. <laughs> bomb. So okay, I'll try it. <laughs> okay, so here, here here's a question. Yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, we had Dr. Rob Cook uh, on the show. Uh, Rob is is the you know holds the record for gathering the most quantitative data on business cultures and what works and what doesn't work in the world. Mm-hmm. And what he told us was very much what I've heard you saying, only he told it, told it to us from a more scientific perspective because, of yeah. course, he's a scientist. He's smarter. Yeah, he's no, smarter he, well, he's, he's, he's smarter, but <laughs> as, as we know, it's not about how much we know. It's what we can do with how much we know that make, makes a difference. Exactly. So what Rob told us is that uh, uh, folks are over, overdosing on engagement and that it's not only about an engaged workforce, it's about an effective workforce. And you can have a warm and fuzzy, everybody happy, singing kumbaya. Yeah, and, and you can go out of business real and, fast. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you, could, you could, in the example that you gave us earlier, I mean, you could have had the celebration, you know, following 911 and spent a whole lot of money on fireworks and hot air balloons and not sold anything. Um, but it's that balance between high performance and engagement, the balance between having the kind of culture where people are so excited, they wake up two hours early every morning, can hardly wait to get to work. Uh, and then they don't want to go home and you have to push them out the door, uh, and, and, and operationalizing that and do something that is superior performance out, out, you know, pass, you know, out surpasses competitors time and time again. What's, what, where's the balance point, Bob? How do you, how do you do both? You're right. Uh, that's exactly the question. Look, I came from sport. Second place sucked. It's what Russia said in a dual track meet against the United States when I was in grade school. It says they were just two of our countries competing. Their headline said, um, Russia second, United States next to last. Well, first and second place. But in second place, you lost. And so I smile. We have fun. But, man, we celebrate the sales effort because we believe we're serving that buyer. We don't think we've taken that buyer. We, we are able to give them something of value or I won't touch it. Uh, I don't consider myself a great salesperson. I don't know the 22 tricks of how to close whatever. But if you get me passionate about something, I'll go right through you because I believe I owe that to you. And so our, our company has that spirit. So when we were doing $10 million, when we got to $500 million, I gave every home office employee uh, five nights at any resort in Arizona alone, not with the staff. Take your family, do whatever you want, and I'll give you some liquor amount of $2,000 so you don't go buy something like the, like the liquor store. And so they did it individually as a family, and, and 12 years later they say that's the thing they remember. They don't remember the money. They remember the celebration that everybody got us there. And these were my home office, 11 home office uh, operations people you just got to be it and 
man, my mentor, you better increase sales, but you better increase profit per sales as you do that. You know, you don't buy the larger truck if you're buying something for $2 and selling it for 1 And you better keep reinventing yourself. What I love about the marketing business is, in my industry, is you could not use television. But yet last year we sold seven home sites for Clint Eastwood all on television. Wow. So we did that. Wow. So because Cables came in, bought zip codes, had lousy programming, now they have great programming. We can go in and it makes you look like at the U.S. Open we're across the world, and we're not. Yeah, great concept, great perspective. So I'm going to ask you to put your coach's hat on here in a second and okay. start winding this down in terms of, of you know, speaking to leaders about, you know, what you think are the most important things that, that leaders can do today, you know, actionable items that they can do today to make sure that they are building these cultures of ethics, values, and employee engagement that value both engagement and achievement, both engagement okay. and yep. effectiveness, and do it, do it in a way that fits your win-win analogy. And we're going to do it right after the break, Bob. Okay. So hold your thought. Uh, that's it, guys. You heard it. This is the last break, the next session right here with Bob soon after the break. Uh, he's putting his coach's hat on to give you some stuff that you can use right away that's applicable to you right now as a leader. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To-do list done. Supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies. It's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI.
back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay1180.com, interviewing uh, Clay1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. Oh, you're right. But it's also Clay1180.com. Yeah, I guess it is. Okay, so both of it. You got it. Anyway, we're back. And and what I'm really focused on is you know is our guest Bob Mays and I want to hear his answer yeah. to the to the next question because I believe we got everything wrapped into it and for if you were just if you're just tuning in or you missed the before the break question what we're asking Bob to do uh, and his his background is both a high performance athlete a high performance business person and now um, a leader in the academic world who is empowering young entrepreneurs to you know c- come out of the academic world and into the world of uh, real application business and, you know, huge numbers of performance and success and guys and gals that are coming straight out of the university already employed before they get out. Great results. So listen to the early part of the show. But what, Bob, the question before the break was, you know, with your, you know, putting your coach's cap on, what what are the, what are the, the key crucial coaching tips of what advice can you give to business leaders okay. today that well, get us both the engagement and the effectiveness in a high-performance culture? First of all, if you don't have passion about what you're doing and, and you are the leader, you're the owner, get out or find a way to create it. You just have to have that, in my opinion. Secondly, I will say what I've told our company 54 times is we know nothing. As we enter into a new opportunity in four different industries, the minute we think we know something, we don't see truth. So we go in and we have different teammates that go in and find different venues of truth, and then we come back and say, okay, now we have a little bit of information. Now let's enter into the company. The third thing I would say is shut your store down mentally and your company down mentally and start it new and say, who are we? And here are the questions I ask before we go in to see a company or a community. Um, Who should care and why? Why should they care now? Can we niche brand and identify it? Is it us? Is it quality? And what's our USP? We can't answer that. I don't do them. And the last USP is our unique selling proposition. If we can't find a different way to present something that's one of a kind, not just another golf course community, not just another weight loss community, then we shouldn't do it. And so I would suggest you do that with your own company. Start from scratch and say, where are we? Look to see a new map and new possibilities. Disney taught me a lot when I went in for 10 days behind the scenes. He had a possibility thinking room. When you entered that room, if you laughed at any idea, you were asked to leave. And everything goes. And he said 70% of all his new creations came from that room. And any employee at any level could bring in a 5 by 7 card and say, here's what I think. So don't just think you're, you know, you'll make yourself obsolete if you don't modify yourself in this world. You know, look what the Internet has done and, and how they shop and everything. So you got to just keep reinventing yourself and, and look for those crazy ones that will push you. Because if I had people all like me, I would not be as expansive as I can be. But when I trust others, we'll say, let's take a, let's take a shot at that. Yeah, what, what phenomenal questions. Uh, what happens when you ask, have you ever asked somebody those questions and they couldn't come up with answers? And what do you do oh, then? Of course. Of course. See, I am dealing with entrepreneurs. If they're in trouble, they want you and they'll court you. And once you fix it, they'll just kick you out. Yep. They do. And so 
they don't understand what it really took because they see it through their viewfinder. And if somebody cannot leverage people and 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 expand through his people or, or her people, then you can't do it. Normally, it takes a problem with their partnership, health, divorce, no children, or they're just worn out. Otherwise, they're just messing with you. So I had to put in, if you let us come in and fix this and you make us leave, there's our, there are penalties because I'm bringing families into this. So, yes, I've met, if I did 54, I've met with 150, 254, and many I just say I can't do it. I have a grid that is my magic questions intermixed with other questions. Yeah, that's huge. It's really good. Yeah. What yeah. I hear what I hear you saying, and again, you didn't say it in so many words, but you definitely said it in perspective, which is one of the things that uh, we found in our 37 mm-hmm. years of studying, oh gosh, literally thousands of, of firms and, you know, working for hundreds, even thousands of them to help them change their cultures, uh, is that if you've got a culture of what's in it for me, uh, you, you just met you the qualifying criteria yeah. to start losing. Um, when you chase money, too, if you chase money and it looks easier there, you're going to be chasing your tail for the rest of your career. Yeah, exactly. And then and then, uh, from a standpoint of, well, what's the opposite of a what's-in-it-for-me culture? Uh, it's, it's a culture of, of service as opposed to a culture of self. You know, what, what yeah. value can we provide? What can I offer you? <laughs> if you look at your right. highest-performance athletic teams, you know, we're Seahawks fans because we're from Seattle, uh, you can see the difference between how the Seahawks played in the last three games and how they played pre that, and what they're telling yeah. you in the after after game interviews is we got it back. I mean, we found out yeah. who we were again. Well, everybody was gunning at you this year, and All I'm right. a Seahawks uh, fan too. You see, uh, what what I look at is, I will say about me often, and companies I look at is they're making great time, but they're lost, <laughs> because they have no roadmap. They are in it so much about them and they only have people around saying, you're the best, who really don't mean it. They'll leave as soon as they find a better job, and they'll run off the cliff. And so if you have an environment where you're hearing everything good, get worried. Mm. Get very worried. You ought to have people in your face respectfully saying, Bob, you're making a, a, a bad decision. And um, and me? <laughs> yeah, quite often. So it's kind of like golf. The best player misses the best. And, and that's what one of the pros that I'm around a lot says, is that, you know, he who missed hits the best wins. Hmm. Nicholas, when he won his last big tournament by a huge amount, they said, how many pure shots did you hit? He said, oh, I know, six. Wow. So I think that's what we better understand about all of our companies. We are not invincible. You better not go as high as high looks, and you better not go as low as low looks. When you turn around a bankrupt company, you're 24 months in quicksand. Yeah. But you got to believe... It's a belief without evidence is where I live. Somebody once said, you put jigsaw puzzles together without seeing the top cover. I like that. I didn't know I would like that, but it is. It's so exciting when you're with good people. Belief without evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I tell the student. Assume you're on first base, and the goal is to get home. Unless you're going to marry that person on first base and you're working in the family business. There's a long fly ball into the outfield, and you're tagging. Do you run for second or do you stay on first where it's very safe? Now, if you run for second, you could be out. But but so what? If you slide in, then that's your new life. And if you get stuck with complacency on first base, um, eventually, you know, what happens there? And so the goal is to trust in yourself and go. 
But, man, if you go, you go fast, and you go with total uh, energy to do better than they expect. I tell our students, outperform the job expectation, and you will be in your career. Yeah, and if you, and if you get tagged out, you learn something so it doesn't happen again the next time. Yes, and here's what I leave companies, uh, Steve. It's not, it's not strategic at all. I read a book long ago that says, Dear Teacher, do you teach a thousand days, or do you teach one day a thousand times? And when I start repeating myself, I have to leave. And and I think that's the same thing in life. If you're in a relationship, somebody said, "What's the best one? Fifty-fifty, seventy-thirty? No, it's sixty-sixty. You better be willing to give more into any kind of relationship than halfway, because you're going to have stuff. So uh, it's just something that you start creating as your value system. Steve, I'm a ba- I'm a Bob Mays fan. I, well, I was before we got on the show, yeah, I mean, but now is, I'm a super fan. I, I literally have notes written down over here, like, listen to the last half of the yeah, Bob listen Mays to, podcast. Listen to, this, listen to this again. Take notes. Take notes and start applying what it is you just heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not a beaver, but I'm a fan. I know. I was going to say you're the first two universal white <laughs> Thank you for your time yeah, today, Bob. Bob. It's you. been awesome. I, all right, you guys. I really believe in what you do. I put my name in on the free drawing. If awesome. I don't get it, I'm going to write you as a two in your your approval rating. <laughs> I like it. I Do love it. it. Actually, okay. you guys, you're already signed up for sure, so we'll okay, maybe you'll I'll win. Who knows? Who knows? I'll be there in January. I hope everybody is there. All right. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon, right. Bob. Hope to have you on the show again, too. Okay. Bye. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Right now, guys, if you are interested in uh, being at that workshop uh, that Bob's going to be at and that we're doing in January. What's the dates again, Steve? The 21st? 21st and 22nd, Bellevue, mm-hmm. Washington. Yep. You can register right at excellentcultures.com. You just go to the homepage and uh, click the first rotator. You'll be there in the registration applications. All that stuff is there. Uh, I don't want to say it's exclusive, but it is exclusive. There's exclusive uh, circle of leaders that come to these things and it's... And we haven't had a we haven't had a bad review yet, and, and lives and, and jobs are changing. It's fabulous. All right, you've been listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. Uh, subscribe. Be with us again. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.